0: From the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe, you're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Welcome to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strauss. This is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. We are delving into the fitness world once again today. We got an amazing story that shows what's possible when you combine your passions with your love with work. First, though, remember if you're watching us on YouTube, you can join the channel. For only $3 a month, you can become a baby shark, but if giving money through big tech isn't your thing, don't worry, we got you covered. You can get the freshest coffee available delivered right to your doorstep, DeadHouseCoffee.com. It's zombie-themed, can't get much cooler than that, and if you use code SHARK, you'll get 20% Off of your order and all the proceeds directly support us producing the biggest and the best show we possibly can now let's get back to today's show i put on 20 maybe 20 plus pounds during covid i did it in the beginning got a routine going and then because everything got extended fell out of my routine guess what put 20 back on Most people have, so I'm not ashamed of it. I'm happy with who I am, but I am getting back into my routine and we'll lose that 20 pounds again. No shame on it. My routine was broke. You know, like I was saying, I tried to get it back last year at the beginning of the podcast and broke it again. So we're going to be talking to a fitness guru a coach, a real leader about what it takes to get healthy, and we're going to talk about the fitness business and some good old personal growth and development. So, who is today's guest? None other than Bryce Henson. Bryce Henson is the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, the world's fastest-growing Fitness boot camp franchise. Having over 10 years of experience in the fitness industry and owning two fit body boot camp locations, his passion is spreading fitness to the world, in addition to mentoring fitness professionals and how to grow their businesses and change more lives in their local communities. So hey, I'm gonna shut up. Let's bring Bryce on in here. Health and lifestyle. Bryce, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bite. Nice. Thanks, David. I appreciate <laughs> you having me, buddy. Oh, no problem. So, we got a tradition on the show. Very first question we ask everybody What's your experience? Where you've been? What do you do now? Basically, tell us what makes Bryce Bryce? Ooh, all right. Uh, we'll Loaded the- question to start it off, right? Definitely. Um,
1: well, I am a, a fitness guy. I'm a fitness professional. It certainly wasn't always that way. Um, but right now, I'm the CEO of Fit Body Boot Camp, which is the world's largest uh, growing indoor franchise boot camp. Uh, we mm-hmm. do group training, uh, have hundreds of locations across North America. But way before uh, I was particularly in this seat, um, I grew up in the Midwest, um, you know, had a good, uh, you know, relatively good childhood. Um, you know, my parents split at a young age, um, and I'll kind mm-hmm. of spare you the details of that story, but long story short, when I graduated from Michigan State, um Back in 2004, um, I had an opportunity to move to California. And uh, certainly, I love the Midwest. I was actually just uh, delivering a training out in Chicago. Beautiful place and incredible people, but not necessarily the fitness capital of the world. So there I was, uh, 21 years old, um, about 20 pounds of fat, overweight, had very little muscle on my body. And I got an opportunity to move to California. So I showed up to Los Angeles, uh, palm trees, blue skies. Uh, It was incredible. What year was
0: that?
1: It was in two
0: thousand four. Okay. Okay. No, I asked because I went through a similar experience back in two thousand one, and when I was eighteen, though, at that time. Um, But instead of going to L.A., it was actually the Tijuana, Mexico, and then I lived down there for fifteen years, and then eventually found myself up through San Diego, then migrated north to L.A., and then migrated back out to Philadelphia. But yeah, I, I can totally relate with that experience of that culture shock because I came from rural Pennsylvania and you came from the, the Midwest and I know my first times, you know, just going through San Diego and stuff like that, it's totally, totally different. It, it's, I, it's hard to explain, but the first time that you see it, it is a culture shock. Is it not?
1: Totally. And uh, I mean, it was incredible, right? Like, you know, coming to Los Angeles and Hollywood, and I lived um, in Westwood, which is near UCLA and near Santa Monica. So, incredible culture shock, and I had so many Mm -hmm. positives. Um, But, you know, I was 21 years old, lacked professional skills, left life skills. I was 3,000 miles from home. Um, I was unfit. I didn't have any, you know, professional skills to offer the world. So, you know, being honest with you, David, the first year or so, I had a lot more dark days than I did light days. And uh, yeah. Yeah. how I got involved in the fitness industry is through a fortuitous situation. One of my best friends from college uh, ended up moving to Southern California. He actually moved to Orange County and uh, he okay. wasn't on the cover of men's health, but he certainly could have. And he you know, was a fit guy. All the girls loved him, energy, vibrance.
0: <laughs> and really
1: what it, how it all worked out is when I lived together with him, um, it took me a couple months to kind of muster enough courage to ask him ask him you know how to lift weights how to you know train uh, well and and really how to be fit and uh finally I did and in early 2007 um basically I I you know, tagged along with him for a few months at the gym. And uh, ultimately, you know, after a period of six months, changed my physique. But as uh, your audience knows, the, the power of fitness changed my life. And that's really kind of what you know, started my trajectory within the fitness industry.
0: Well, Bryce, I've got to admit, I'm a little bit bummed. I thought you were going to tell us this awesome muscle beach story. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that out there, but no, seriously, that is, that's a good story. And, you know, fitness is one of those things that it's really, it's life transformative. I mean, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. I used to weigh 350 and it, it was, you know, lot low carb. fat. I put on a couple pounds. During the uh the pandemic and I' about to go back onto my uh low carb diet and start doing my exercise routine again because I've totally lost my routine during this pandemic I will uh, uh, be the first to admit it and I've realized that over the past week as I started um you know having to put on suits again, and I'm like, ooh, this is getting a little snug, so I've started slowly working my way back into it but um you know how hard i mean how important is it to have like a physical fitness routine that keeps you accountable
1: oh david it's it's uh, mission critical and i always like to say that uh, fitness is the gateway drug it literally opens up your life and i was going in at that time for a better physique which i got and through discipline through coaching through mentorship um, but really, um, you know, fitness gives you way more than that. It gives you mental clarity, more energy, more enthusiasm. I was at the time I was in the sales industry and I guess I still am. Right. i um, just, you know, different yeah. uh, role uh, being, uh, you know, an executive at, at, at our company now. But My at, at thing t- is
0: I tell everybody they're always in the sales industry because you're always course. selling yourself for something.
1: Totally. I mean, you're selling yourself to. Um, you know, even connect with your spouse or, you know, your kids to brush their teeth or, you know, a, a real estate negotiation where you need to get into a gym in any particular, you know, situation you are in sales. So I completely agree with you, uh, agree with you there, David.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you what, my, my personal struggle. So I had a couple undiagnosed health issues. Now I'm not going to just blame it on that, but that was a big portion of it. I was also eating huge, huge portion sizes. It wasn't that I was like chowing down on just unhealthy food. It was more portion size and, you know, different things like thyroid issues, stuff like that. But once I got that thyroid under control, then I was able to actually start losing weight once I put the work into it. I tell you what, during the Great Recession, uh, I was hit very hard. It was very, very hard for me to do get employment. And that's why I had to do an independent consulting gig. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was 350 pounds because the moment that I lost the weight, I started getting instantly full-time employment offers at six figure salaries once I got down to 200 pounds. You know, like it's a night and day difference. I'm the same person, same experience, but I was 150 pounds lighter.
1: Well, I would argue you're not the same person because you go through this physiological mental change and, you know, ultimately just rocks your soul. And to your point, you know, at, at that point in my life. I was um, when I went through my transformation. It was a small company. There was a team of about fifteen sales rep. But I went from one of the least performing sales rep to that the highest performing sales rep within a twelve month clip. And to your point, it, it's because fitness gave me that foundation. Um, so I think it's just so and so important whether you're in the fitness industry or not to really lead a healthy and fit life um, will really just you know make you more successful in all aspects of your life.
0: Right, right. So back with with your story that. How did, you know, you had the mentor, the friend, and you were in a sales job? I mean, how did that lead to you actually being into the fitness industry with what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, well, I'll actually story tell a little bit because you mentioned that you moved to Tijuana, Mexico for 15 years. Did I hear that correctly. Yeah, yeah. I, worked, so,
0: I worked for the Mexican government actually for two years, which is wow. crazy. As a white guy from rural Pennsylvania, you don't hear that very often, do you? no
1: not at all and uh for me i'll i'll tell a south american story i lived in brazil i decided to move to brazil for a couple of years but before yeah. i did that um i uh you know went through my own transformation in 2007 and then about a couple of years in i started going to the gym and people would start asking me how i lift weights how i eat clean and then the light bulb hit me um, even though it was very um, You know, passionate about my sales career. What if I could, you know, be a coach and help, you know, some people on the nights and weekends in the form of personal training? So I did what the only logical thing would would be to do would be to get certified. And I found the gold standard of certification, which is the National Academy of Sports Medicine. So I got certified Mm -hmm. as a personal trainer, went through that coursework. And I think I updated my Facebook profile to certified personal trainer to kind of start marketing myself. Never in a million years did I think this would be a full time career, just kind of a side hustle, a hobby. And uh, when I updated my profile, I got I started becoming or started to get served ads, uh, Facebook ads, by a gentleman named Koolian, who um who is now a dear friend of mine, um, who started Fitbody Bootcamp as the founder and an incredible, um, you know, name in the fitness industry. So once I started receiving his ads, then I got introduced to Fitbody Bootcamp, which is a franchise. And uh, I started following along, doing the research. But then, David, that's when I actually decided to go on a two-year sabbatical to the south of Brazil. And I lived there, had an incredible life experience, Um, you know, I ended up, you know, meeting my wife.
0: Ayahuasca, by any chance? (laughs) No. No, That's Yeah, I lived in Peru, too. So,
1: Okay.
0: Interesting. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're
1: men on the move.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was your life changing uh, story down there in Brazil? Though? Well, it's interesting that when I was working for the
1: sales company, it was the company was based in San Francisco, but I was in Southern California doing remote sales, mm-hmm. and this is actually before the pandemic and COVID, where you know remote was kind of a, a common thing now. Um, but I was you know kind of getting a little stagnant, and I took a trip to Brazil the, the Christmas before. And coming from the Midwest, I actually grew up in Michigan. My days, yeah. I remember Christmas shoveling like a foot of snow. So I roll up to the beaches of Rio de Janeiro, which the the day before Christmas, it's, you know, middle of the summer, um, just amazing. And I'm like, you know what, I want to come back here. So that's exactly what I did. I ended up uh, going back to California for about six to 12 months, ended up asking my boss if I could take a little sabbatical, if I could work remotely for a year which mm-hmm. turned into two. So really, uh, with my time down there, I was still kind of, or I was still working, um, for remotely in my home office, uh, that I range, right. but I was just kind of mm-hmm. living this, you know, different experience, a different look at life, which it sounds like you've experienced as well from your time in Peru and Mexico.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I did. And it really, I mean, I only lived down in Peru for about a year, but I mean, I did marry a Peruvian and because oh, of that, no. I go back, uh, in, in fact, half my Peruvian family came here during our summer, which is Peru's winter and yeah. well Lima's winter and uh, it's because COVID is so bad down there right now like it, it's it's terrible. Uh, they all came up here to kind of escape it because it's flu season down there so but you know, outside of this COVID time, we, you know, I go down there a lot. I got to see some cool stuff like the Nazca Lines, um, an actual desert oasis out there in Peru, which there's only, I guess, one in all of South America where there's an oasis, you know, like a lake in the middle of a huge desert. So we got to do a lot of cool stuff down there. I love it. Beautiful. But You know, my thing when I was in Mexico or Peru or when I've been to Colombia, Ecuador, I don't really like doing the touristy things, you know, like, yes, I go to Ecuador. I want to go to the equator and go to zero zero and get my selfie. Yeah. But outside of that, I I try to see I I I like walking through another person's shoes. I like seeing life. How locals live it. And that's probably what you were doing when you were living down there in Rio de Janeiro. Because, you know, yeah, you got there originally first for the first couple of months. You probably did some touristy things because you've never seen it before. But outside of that, you were probably living closer to a lifestyle, almost like a hybrid, like half local, half American, trying exactly. to break some American habits that, uh, are different down there, you know, like uh I know in Peru it was really hard for me to find fresh milk. It's also that uh boxes on the shelf and I'm like, how do you sell milk on boxes on the shelf? You know, so there's things like that, cultural differences, but um it really formulated me into to who I am today. And it sounds like your two years down there in Brazil had a big, huge impact into just opening your eyes to who you are today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And David, you, know, you can relate as well it, it when you when you put yourself out there. And, I, and, and while I visited Rio de Janeiro for the first time, and I've been there about 10 times in my life because my wife's family is originally from there, I actually decided to move okay. to an island in the very south next to the Uruguayan border called Florianopolis and the reason I did that um, you know in the last 15 years has become a vacation destination for all of South America has 47 beaches um, beautiful place um, but uh, I wanted to go off the beaten path I really wanted to kind of get away mm-hmm. from Western culture American culture yep. um, because I wanted to kind of live like a Brazilian for that period of time and to your point it just gave me a huge perspective That's exactly fact, There's a philosophy that I follow called Stoic philosophy, and um, which you probably are fully aware of. And there's a I carry a coin in my pocket called uh, which is uh, says "Memento Mori." It's Latin. uh,
0: Oh my god! You uh, like I'm telling you, we we've got to be twins. I got there we go, buddy. The right here, Here right? Can you? Wow, my mind is blown. Uh, And this is something that. I I think special about this show. I get people like you to come on and tell your stories and it just blows my mind how similar my stories are to a lot of just random people like you. How many commonalities I have with with all these entrepreneurs and this is probably why I do what I do. And I like the kind of share stories both ways to kind of see how the experience is to compare so that way the listeners or the viewers, they can get different perspectives on things and hopefully it helps them grow as well too.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I, I love that. I think that if we actually have the same coin. Is it from Ryan Holiday,
0: like his following? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, think I just so. dropped it, right? Yeah. I, I, I My mind is... Totally, totally blowed with that, but yeah, it's it's the same thing, you know. And to me, it's like, uh, you know, you can die at any, any time, point. right? And I
1: think I think for me, what I took from that experience is like life is finite. You got to take big shots. You really only have one spin at this globe, or at least that's what we know, right? Guaranteed, mm-hmm. um, and it could vanish at any point. So you might as well live life to the fullest. And, and in my uh, perspective, and I think a learning lesson or some, a message I want to share with your audience is oftentimes I, I find myself, and I went back home to Michigan to visit my brother and family, um, but, you know, kind of observing some people that typically sometimes live the same life over and over and over same mm-hmm. year over and over and over. Um, and you know, no disrespect, but for me, I want to attack life in a different way, and I really want to have as many experiences as, I, as possible. Because oh, yeah. as much as I want to be a, a very successful uh, businessman, which I'm currently on that path, and even more so. Yeah. At the end of the day, David, you know, you can't take it with you, and the really, the only thing you have to, to latch onto when you look back at your life. Is the people and the experiences that you shared? So that's for me yep. why it's important. Is a stark reminder to take big shots at life.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You know that's uh, funny that you say that too because everybody asked me, "Do you like? Do you miss L.A.?" And to be honest, I do not miss L.A. There's a lot of uh, challenges. I'll put it nicely there. I think right now, oh, yeah. but. Um, the experiences of LA is what I miss. Like for example, I went into a bar to see this random band called the Boxmasters um, on the border of Beverly Hills and Hollywood. Called uh, uh, the bar was called the Mint. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know Billy Bob Thornton, the famous actor, was actually the lead singer of the band. I didn't know I was going to meet Slash from Guns and Roses, who was at the show just hanging out with everybody. You know, the kid from Six sets or, uh, you know, and I'm there drinking shots with these people. Uh, Ron Jeremy was there, too, which was weird. But uh, uh, yeah, keep it interesting. He, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it, it, it just like those types of experiences is what I live for. They're unique and just they have some way of finding me. I believe in the law of, a, of a, what is it, attractiveness you know, that you attract what you feel. And I think I attract those unique experiences. And that's why I love my life.
1: Holy man, that's awesome. I think it's just the law of physics, right? People saying karma. I mean, really, yeah, it's energy, energy, energy out. And I look at it from a, a physics framework. Um, so, so I completely agree with the law of attraction, whatever you put out in the energy in the universe, like you're going to get right back. And um yeah. So I guess, you know, kind of finishing my, my story. Law in terms of
0: attraction. Of yeah. Not of attractiveness. I said, yeah. I said attractiveness. Uh, no. Law of attraction is what I bet. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no worries. So in any case, kind of pick up where I left off, you know, I ended up having this amazing Brazilian adventure, uh, met my wife, uh, gained some best friends, a family, had this incredible experience. And all while I was there, I was, you know, still working remotely for the company in, in a sales capacity Um, But I had been on the email list of Bedros um, so I was paying attention a little bit more to Fit Body Bootcamp as 2012 kind of you know, came by and I knew that I was coming back to California. So when I knew I was coming back to California, those last few months, I started really paying attention into the franchise opportunity, uh, did as much as research as I humanly could. And uh, when I got back, I scheduled a meeting uh, with him at our franchise. And uh, within five minutes, I knew this is exactly what I want to do with my career. Fitness had changed my life. And I really want to give that you know, gift of fitness, that gateway drug, if you will, back to others. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I signed my franchise agreement, ended up opening my first gym, Um, my first Body location in a little town called Yorba Linda, uh, which is in Orange County, about an hour south of Los Angeles. And that's really, you know, kind of when my career in fitness formally took hold. And over the following nine years, opened more gyms, scaled to five locations, ended up becoming the vice president of our brand a few years ago uh, with the invitation of Bedros because of the networking opportunities. And I I think that's a huge message to your audience is like, you know, the, the, the um, a quick bucks in the transition uh, transaction, but really the wealths in the relationship and really developing strong relationships, which you know you know, but certainly want to reinforce for your audience, has yep. really put me in a place where then I could you know become in the leadership team, assume the CEO role, and really help sh- uh, steer our brand, uh, you know, as we move through hopefully the end of this t- uh, pandemic and onward.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, personal relationships are so important. I mean, it's not... A lot of people think about relationships in terms of networking, but it's also... I view it like the personal relationships I have, not with people I'm trying to sell, but also my base clients, with my employees. I treat everybody equally. I'm transparent like that, for better or for worse, but it, I think it allows them to respect me more because everybody knows that they're being treated the same way and i like having an intimate personal relationship with every single person i meet because i think that way then you're able to really judge the character of the people the company that you're working with and you know if you know essentially can you count on them or will they screw you the first chance they get?
1: And actually, speaking of that and, you know, calling off your experience, David, in terms of the relationship and being a sounding board, one of yeah. really the, the best opportunities, one of the reasons I was awarded the franchise uh, or the, the leadership, um, excuse me, the vice president role, which then turned into a CEO role, is because I joined not only the franchise, but I joined a, a coaching group now that I co-lead. Um, with a good friend of mine, a dear friend named Matt Wilbur, and we run this coaching program. In that coaching program, I was able to you know, have a few different on-site physical experiences with you know, Bedros at our headquarters and really get to know him over the years. And as I say, I sat in, the ro- in rooms with him um, on business meetings, rooms, how to basically brainstorm, growth strategies, really how to you know, uh, figure out how to grow businesses for, for close to seven years before the opportunities afforded to me. So, you know, ultimately from Bedros' perspective, credit to him because, when he offered me the position, it was a known entity. There was no really guesswork because he had known right. me for a very long time. And I think that's just a really big, big takeaway for your audience for from your own experience, from my experience. Right. But if you really want to get ahead of business, you're the like I said, I think, I, I don't know if I reframed it correctly, but there's money in the transaction, but there's wealth in the relationship. And that's a big message yep. I want to hit home today.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a beautiful message. And I think that you definitely hit the nail on the head. We've actually had a lot of... Uh, fitness trainers, personal trainers, people like that on this show. Now it was either because they transitioned into this role. I I, I think one of the first people we had on uh, Jess Tartleton, she was actually a funeral director and (laughs) transformed into a fitness trader. And she's like, believe it or not, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, So, you know the most recent one which actually will uh has already aired or will have aired by the time this episode comes out is the guy mari and basically he came out with his own act t because unlike you where you went with your business he's like i'm just you know i'm a certified trainer i believe he had the same type of certification uh or pretty close to what you have um and He's like, I, I'm getting older, I'm 55, I just can't keep training forever. I needed a business opportunity. So instead of trying to scale his business, he basically came up with this amazing idea of putting granulated honey inside of tea bags to make it more convenient for tea drinkers and it's starting to take off. So what I'm impressed with you is, you know, you're on the other side of that to where you're actually, you know, building this eight-figure international franchise which is huge. I mean, how challenging is that to keep scaling when you have this pandemic going on to where I mean, there, there was a lot of crazy things with the shutdown, especially out there where you're at in California and oh, yeah. how strict they are. How hard has it been to continue with that dream and to continue growing during the last, I don't know, 18 months? I
1: mean, being very candid, extremely challenging. And I know a lot of other industries and and businesses suffered as well, Um, specifically the fitness industry, you know, the restaurant industry, there's, you know, quite a few others that were hard hit Um, for ours. Mm -hmm. It was hit hard as well, Um, but we made some pivots and and our leadership team really rose to the occasion. Our owners really banded it together. Uh, We certainly, you know, had some contraction just like any fitness brand across the, the, the world because of the. A severe lockdown, specifically in states like California, New York, New Jersey, Michigan. Uh-huh. Um, but ultimately, through strong leadership, through one of our uh, core values is to embrace and drive change. We were able to pivot immediately to virtual training. Uh, provided a lot of ongoing support for our franchisees. We started doing Facebook Lives on a daily basis. We started doing weekly trainings, all to basically provide support, you know, from our headquarters to really help our owners who are in the trenches to kind of ride that wave where they had to shut down their businesses. But we took the mentality. Total and-
0: transformation. I'm sorry. Digital transformation,
1: digital transformation. And we took the mentality that we're not personal trainers per se. I mean, that's what we do. We're coaches, but really what we're doing is we're we're selling a result and we're selling Mm -hmm. experience and we could actually do that virtually just like you and I are talking now. So I think through, um, you know, some innovation and uh, you know, a, a long um, hard road. We were able to kind of fight and, and keep things afloat. And actually our founder, who I've referred to, Bedros, he was featured on Fox News a few times throughout the pandemic, just because of the, the different programs and the modalities that we created to support our franchisees. And really the last point I'll hit on that is it was interesting. We actually just hired a new uh, franchise business quarter, a sales rep, because things are now kind of kicking back in full gear. I and mean, we literally, we just signed seven new um, franchisees up this month, new, new, new additional That's locations. And um, one of the uh, our, our new franchise coordinator or advisor, he actually previously, last year in the pandemic, 2020, he was finishing up his agreement with a very well-known fitness franchise, which I won't say name names. But as it turns out, in the interview, what he told us is he was actually following both myself, Bedros, and uh, our leadership team just to see what our moves were the pandemic because right. their franchise wasn't able to support them. So they actually took the modalities that we created and actually just implemented in their own and their own, wow. own fitness concept. So as it turns out, mm. it wasn't pretty. We're still going through a challenge, which is the truth mm-hmm. of it, but uh, we've ro- risen to the occasion. And that's why for us, the outlook is like, is if we can succeed in such so a challenge,
0: challenge. There were bumps in the road. Oh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't easy. What What kind, so as you did it digitally, I mean, I've got to ask, what kind of adoption did you have? Because, and I'll use this as an example. Think of webinars, okay? Pre-pandemic, if there's a webinar, most people really didn't take that serious, uh, at least nearly as serious as one in person, okay? How does that kind of compare with the fitness? I mean, did people take it serious in the beginning? Is it, was there a learning curve of finding the right recipe to get and keep people engaged? Can you explain some of that?
1: Oh, I mean, total learning curve, and we actually built a, a virtual electronic app in the process just to basically partner wow. with organization to, to execute that. Um, but a huge learning curve. What we did, uh, David, was this: uh, we knew we know mm-hmm. because we have a coaching program. Where typically our clients are coming into our studios, they're getting live group training. That was taken away from us, but. If you think about it, it was taken away for all other gyms, all other group training right. facilities as well. So, you know, even though it wasn't pretty, and certainly many clients canceled or went on hold, there was still, you know, 70 plus percent of our clientele across the board who needed to work out. Um, they couldn't do it at home by themselves. They needed that accountability. So what we did was we took a two, two-pronged two approach. Number one, uh, we started and encouraged and kind of provided uh, guidance to our franchisees to start streaming mm-hmm. live sessions through Zoom, just like we're talking about now. Yeah on the same session time. So typically our average owner has four sessions in the morning, four sessions in the evening. So to transition instead of actually in-person training for the coach to actually you know get on film through Zoom in a live setting on the same specific time. So that way our clients could actually train from the comfort of their home or their garage, but still with the same coach, uh, because we are in the relationship business first and foremost, uh, with the uh-huh. same coach and still get a great workout. So that was the first pronged approach that we did. And then, secondly, because we leverage, we have the ability, um, you know, we have hundreds of owners, thousands, tens of thousands of clients worldwide, we're able to mm-hmm. leverage um, one of our, you know, stud franchisees, who's actually a franchise business coach, and him and his team, actually from South Dakota, Sioux Falls, if you're listening, give shout out to you guys. Uh, but they actually started shooting pre recorded videos. So we took that two pronged approach where we, we would deliver on a daily basis pre recorded videos. So that that way, our clients can right. follow follow along at home whenever it, it was a good fit for them. But then also providing that live, interactive, you know, uh, training via Zoom, so they still had the option to actually train for, with their own coach from from afar. So that pivot right. was actually, and we did it within thir- uh, twenty four hours of actually us being closed. I think March sixteenth was the date. And yep, uh, yep. that laid the foundation for a lot of retention and uh, and really was, was huge in, in our ability to actually see the pandemic through at least the fir- first wave of shutdowns.
0: That That's pretty awesome. So I want to change topics a little bit here. Yeah. And let's talk, I know earlier on we were talking about my personal weight struggles, but In 2021, I mean, is obesity still a challenge in America? Oh my
1: goodness, David. Well, listen, I just literally got back from Chicago, Illinois, where we deliver these regional trainings. So my brother, uh, who's our director of coaching profitability, myself and a few other Mm -hmm. franchise business coaches, and we deliver this three-day training for owners, for facility leaders, and for coaches. And one of my presentations is actually the obesity pandemic, which honestly is is the biggest pandemic, which is just a shame. That's not talked about. There's actually 4.7 million people, depending on the study from the U.S., CDC, that die prematurely because of obesity-related conditions from heart disease, from diabetes. And uh, the problem is um, it's getting worse. And right now, um, the last report that the CDC put out in terms of obesity was 2018, and our country is 42% obese. And you look at the clip from 2018, that Mm -hmm. obesity rate increased at a clip of 2.6% per year. So we're realistically about above 45% right now. And projections are saying that if the trend continues at this rate, uh, there will be 50% of our population of the United States of America by 2030 will be statistically obese. And the huge problem with that is obesity causes massive problems for it basically compounds any other disease. So COVID, that's why you've seen in the, mm, yeah. in, in the news, the vast majority of hospital, hospitalizations, hospitalizations are people obese. Yeah. Um, type two diabetes, heart disease, stroke. I mean, it literally just compounds every other health condition. And that's why, you know, we have huge passion here at Fit Body Bootcamp to inspire fitness and change lives, which is way more than a tagline. I mean, it is our mission, but it's really our life life's work because of the, the big challenges, uh, you know, facing our country.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, like one of the things you said earlier about once you got into shape, you had more energy, stuff like that. I mean, I can, testify for that as well too i mean, be one of the big things is, uh, is i think my body temperature like change because once i dropped down like 150 pounds like i realized like oh wow i'm getting colder now i don't have as much warmth as i used to uh, and even now good for you you know
1: good for you that just so it fires me up and like success stories like you is really just you know what what it's all about from our perspective yeah i
0: mean i've kept it off for about seven years and probably gained uh you know I, I think maybe 20 pounds during the the pandemic right now, but uh, now I'm kind of aware of it, uh, it, it you know, so it, it's gonna come off quick. Uh, what kind of nutritional guidelines do you usually live
1: by? Well, we provide nutrition coaching, but specifically to me, I mean, macronutrient-based uh, nutrition is, is really the, the, the first principles or the founding, the, the building blocks mm-hmm. of nutrition. But aside from that, even at more of a, at of a lower level, um, if a client or if a listener at home can drink half their weight and body ounces a day, sleep at least yep. seven hours a day, and then just clean up their nutrition, you know, lean proteins, fruits, vegetables. And, but the, here's the biggest thing. And I learned this from a book called Tiny Habits by a gentleman, I think his name's BJ Fogg. The reality of the situation is if uh, an audience or, a, or one of your listeners, their nutrition is completely out of whack, they're not sleeping, they're not hydrated. The, mm-hmm. the, the chances of them, of them tomorrow, all of a sudden doing a 180 degree turn is actually very, very low likelihood. What actually right. is, is proven to get you the best results is take one habit, like one thing, whether it's maybe eating more protein, maybe it's reducing sugar, maybe it's increasing your water, maybe it's increasing your sleep. You know, those are four things that will dramatically help you. But instead of trying to attack all four at once, which people get all excited, and then two weeks later, they get burned out that's not going to help anyone long-term. So just take one little habit that you can adjust with your nutrition. And that will actually long-term make a difference because then after you master that habit, 90 days, 120 days go by and stack on another habit. And before you know it, 12 months go by, you've changed three habits, which actually has changed your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me personally, I think it probably was a mix. Well, we ate a lot more pizza, I think then we normally would have because, you know, the restaurant situation was kind of weird around here with some that went out of business, stuff like that. So pizzas always go to with the kids. It's easy. You know, they don't really like sushi. You know, they're three and eight, so sure. uh understandable, I guess. But it, it was also the lack of activity because a lack of what I could do. And I think it was just a combo of things. But for me personally, I've always uh what I lost my weight on was mostly the uh, the low carb diet. Uh sugar's never really been a problem. Uh it's more just like carbs being, you know, like the the breads and you know the Uh, processed foods and stuff like that and just really cutting that out doing protein shakes during a day and then having um you know some kind of big piece of protein with uh small sides vegetables there for some nutrients is something that has been a good recipe for me
1: yeah totally um and that's the thing. It's like, you know, just take one small habit, but to your point, you know, reducing, well, I guess you said never, never, never had an issue with sugar, but starting to replace mm. some of these foods and, and having, you know, higher um, dense foods and, and, and nutrients is going to help your digestive system. It's going to help you sleep better. I mean, literally it's across the board, but the last point that you just mentioned was the physical activity, which was a challenge, you know, especially with a lot of these shutdowns and speaking of actually the obesity pandemic. And again, something I teach on, only 23% of the U.S. population, according to CDC, get enough physical activity, and they define that yeah. by um, two days of moving your body, some resistance training, and then two and a half hours of brisk walking uh, 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 every single week. Uh, now, no, no disrespect, because any movement is better. But those guidelines, I mean, that bar is not that high. Uh, the reality of the situation is most people should be, you know, engaging in you know, at least three times per week, high intensity, you know, high intensity exercise to get your uh, metabolic rate up, to get your cardiovascular system moving, and then to build muscle. And if you build muscle, you can actually mm-hmm. build, burn more calories at a steady state and you put it all together. I mean, that's really the formula for fitness success.
0: So I'm lucky I live in a circle, I would probably get somewhere between I, I mean, I would do a lot of meetings, just uh, you know, on my cell phone, wearing a pair of headphones, doing laps, and I'd get anywhere from fifteen to twenty five thousand steps a day. Oh wow, um, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, every single day up until the pandemic hit. I really what broke it was we got COVID in our family, like very, very early. I think it was mm-hmm. the end of uh, the end of March. Of 2020, we got it. And at that time, it took us like nearly two weeks just to get the results back before we got the positive test back. Um, And then, you know, so everybody's in the house. We didn't leave or anything. And I think that's what broke the habit, but uh, now we're starting to get back one by one, like you were saying, you know, doing it one piece at a time. I can't just get back into our old routine overnight. So one last question I have before we wrap up is, you know, this was an awesome interview. We've talked about so many different things so far. Uh what do you think your calling, you know, your message to the world is?
1: That's actually, I'm going to take a two part question. Really, my calling is, is, is going back to fitness is the foundation of your life. So if you can increase your fitness, it mm-hmm. is the gateway light, the gateway drug to a better life in all aspects of your life. You'll be a better family man, a better husband, a better parent, a better spouse. Right a better child, a better coworker. So really, with, with, without your health and without your fitness, um, you don't have anything. And I think there's a famous adage saying um, uh, a wealthy person um, or excuse me, a person uh, with their health has a million wishes, but the person without their health who's sick has one wish, which is to get healthy. So I All want right. to start there, which is my calling. And that's really why I'm passionate to continue to move our brand forward so we can help inspire fitness and change lives. But my message is is kind of going back to to a little bit of a stoicism. It can sound dark, but the reality of the situation is unpopular. Excuse me. Contrary to what you know, your politicians these days, or you know, the media these days, you know, are talking about how this person is going to come save you, or this handout is going to save you. That that's not going to happen. If you're looking to make a change in your life, no one is coming to save you. David, no one is coming on a white horse to, to, to pick you up and to save you. The reality of the situation is you need to save yourself. And it starts with you. It starts with personal discipline. It starts with personal responsibility. And I think that's my biggest, big message, especially in today's day and age with so much stuff we see that I really want to kind of hit home. And really, if you're, you're for your audience, I want your audience to take this mentality. For any success I've achieved to date, it's because of this mentality. If it has to be, it's up to me. And when you take personal responsibility, you per- take personal accountability and responsible for your own for your own life. Then magic happens, bliss happens, and the world opens up to you.
0: Own it, own it. That's one thing I've always have. You know, I, I always said like, hey, if you mess up, draw your sword, own it, and get past it. You know, yes, you don't dread on things you can't change, and you know. I think you summed it up there perfectly. So let me ask you, how can people digitally stalk you out there on the internet.
1: Stalk me. That's uh interesting terminology. I love
0: it.
1: Um my my handle both on Instagram, both on Facebook, both on LinkedIn digitally is uh real Bryce Henson. So not fake Bryce Henson, real Bryce Henson. And there you spell go. Bryce Henson B R Y C E and then Henson H-E-N-S-O-N. So that's where you can find me. Please reach out, you know, shoot me a note. I'd be happy to engage.
0: Hey, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Bryce, for coming on here. I had fun. This was a great conversation, man.
1: I had a blast. Uh, I appreciate you. And uh, this was an incredible time. Thank you so much. And I know your audience and hopefully at least got a ton of value today. Yeah,
0: I hope so too. I think they will. And uh, I definitely want to get you back on this show sometime next year. Boom. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cheers. Thank you. Wow. That was such an awesome conversation with Bryce. Totally loved it. First though, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it inspired you, if it gave you some good ideas, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really wanna help us out, Please share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your co workers, your family. Share us out on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or wherever it is that you dwell on the interwebs. I would love nothing more than Fit Body Bootcamp, Bryce, and Shark Bite Biz out there trending. Now, let's get back to our super fit guest, Bryce. He had some awesome. Awesome, awesome points. I really love talking with Bryce. I had to chime in and interrupt him a few times, but you all know me. I love interactive chats. I love getting down to the real gritty, you know, life and persona of people because I think where they've been and what they've done gives more validation and credibility to what they're doing now. And that's what happens when I talk with somebody like Bryce, especially because, you know, it really blows my mind with how similar we are. We were two complete strangers before this interview. And we I mean, it comes down to we both have the same dang coin in our pockets with the memento mori. And, you know, I went to Mexico and then Peru, and that really shaped my character. He went to Brazil. The similarities between us are literally endless. Okay, well, they probably end somewhere like uh, he's much more fit and better looking than me. <laughs> but all joking aside, when can you match up with somebody like Bryce? That And you have so many commonalities with somebody like him it probably means that you're doing a lot of the right stuff, okay? Bryce is a very successful dude. If I'm matching up with him and we have a lot in common, I mean, that means that I'm doing a lot of the right steps, my own life, my own business life, because Bryce is a model of success. So one note on the foreign travel. Think about how many guests we have had on this very show, okay? where they all say that, yeah, they've taken the path outside of the tourist zone. And it that is really what allowed them to see what life really means to 99% of the world, okay? this When you get off that beaten path, that is how real life is for people globally. Yes, of course, people in Africa, in a, a poorer area, and people in... South America in a poor area, obviously there's cultural differences, food differences, stuff like that. But it's all pretty much the same when you get down to that degree. And I, it really allowed him to appreciate the opportunities he has had living in America and to be even more grateful and humble. I think it also fostered into some of his mentality of wanting to help people better themselves and in a pillar. A real foundation for people to lean on and to learn off of. And that, my friend, is authenticity. And that is why when I do these interviews, we go down the rabbit holes because I want to hear stories just like that. The obesity question is something that really hit home for me. I've said many times on this show about my prior weight struggles, and I'm not talking about me losing my path and gaining 20 pounds due to COVID. I'm talking about my weight being 150 plus pounds more than what I am now. You've got to know your body. Every body is different. The carnivore diet is probably where i'm going to be heading but that's not for all it may be keto low carb vegan or vegetarian even for some find out what is the right balance for you and your body by speaking to your doctor and build up healthy habits and routines around that like bryce was saying having routines is critical for the ultimate success lastly It's quite impressive, the empire that Bryce is building. I mean, he turned fitness training into an eight-figure international business for himself. That is incredible. Just two episodes ago, in episode 114, with Mari Pittman, you might remember him. He was the Mari's high-team guy. He's somebody that's like, hey, I'm getting out of personal training. I'm getting older. Instead of trying to build an empire, Out of the fitness industry, he shifted gears and he found a new innovative way to make tea. And he's chasing that dream as his long-term dream. And that's awesome, too. But here we are. A lot of people, as they get older, they get out of the industry like that. They look for ways out, something that could be more self-sustaining. Not Bryce. Bryce built an eight-figure Empire. I mean, to me, that just blows my mind. And it, he really, you know, I give him credit because Bryce is standing by what he loves and just really seizing the opportunities that he was given from his mentor to build such a successful business. I really think he's just starting to scratch the surface of what Fit Body Bootcamp can ultimately do. Hey, Bryce, I just want to thank you personally for coming on here, sharing your advice, giving us your story. I definitely think it's going to help a lot of our viewers out there. Question of the day. How have you maintained your routine during COVID? Please leave a message down below. We'd love to hear your your routine and how you've maintained it or maybe how you lost it during covid either way interesting story leave a comment love to hear it remember do you want to be on the show if so send out an email interviews at sharkbitebiz.com please don't forget join the channel three dollars a month you could become a baby shark or you can head on over to get some of the freshest coffee ever made at deadhousecoffee.com use code shark You'll get 20% off of your order, and you all know this by now. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark By Biz.